This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Ola Banji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. Hi, I'm Nikki. Hi, I'm Olabanji. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm a little bit tired because it's the end of the week. Yeah. And I've been working. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's TGIF, but, you know, it comes with a bit of, well, I've been working the entire week, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, actually, I I'm work on weekends as well, so TGIF doesn't really mean anything for me. <laughs> uh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> And and I think that's the trick with remote working as well, because where, you know, when you go to the office, you're like, hey, you, you get a nine to five or you work certain hours. But with remote work, it's, it's kind of flexible, um, but you just end up working the whole day. So that's that's the trick. That's the trick right there. Anyway, we're, we're talking about conscious buying today. Yes. You were telling me, me the story about the drink that you got. And uh, so maybe you could share this story again. Yeah, happy to, happy to. So I'm a very big fan of Zobo. Zobo is a local drink. Man, I wish I could show you a picture, but Zobo is a local <laughs> drink. <laughs> it's made from flowers. Those flowers, they're like roses, but it's made from flowers. And it's really healthy. Even there's research that says that it helps to prevent cancer. Yeah, it's mm. a really rich drink. So mm-hmm. I, I resolved to, to take in that. And please, disclaimer, I'm not a doctor, so don't go drink so because yeah. there's any breast cancer. Um, I'm just saying, like, rumor has it, so rumor has it. Mm. Anyway, but, you know, I go to buy it from a particular vendor, and each time I get there, they want to give me plastic, right? So I like it a lot, but I can't buy it every time because it always comes in this, you know, in quote, disposable containers. And, you know, that's a layback for me because, like, why, why can't she just refill? And so I asked, I asked the lady, right? I'm like, hey, can I bring my own bottle so that you can just pour it into my bottle and then you can reuse your bottle? And she said, no, why don't you just take the bottle? Like, it's free. You don't, you're not paying for it. I'm <laughs> like, no, I'm not paying for it. But well, I'm paying for it because if, if I throw it away, it becomes dangerous to the environment. And I started educating her and I said, you know that it takes around a million years for plastic to decay and she opened them out wide and she couldn't believe it. And I was like, yeah, it, it takes around <laughs> yeah. that time. And, you know, I started giving her a bit of a crash course on, on climate change and, and the things that are causing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and that, that was fun. I mean, the look on her face was like, uh, okay. So she gave me the, the benefit of always bringing my containers and then they, they refill my containers each time I go there. So... I just always go my own containers and then they can refill theirs back, right? Almost immediately. But do you bring it clean? You clean it yourself? Yeah, I clean it myself. So, I mean, it's my container. Um, it's clean. Then I take it there and then they just refill it. They, they fill my container mm. and then they have theirs back to, mm. to refill as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, this reminds me 
also when I was a child back in the 80s. The bottles of soda mm. that we got were in glass bottles. And so you go to the, to the shop, you buy them, and you give, well, they take a deposit. Mm. And then when you return the bottle, the glass bottle, then they return the deposit. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. When I was a kid, I really enjoyed that because I was allowed to keep the money of the deposit. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was fun. Uh, and, and that's interesting because similar to what, to what happened, you know, to me also growing up, it, it still happens actually here in Nigeria. If you buy a bottle of Coke or Pepsi, you drop a deposit and then you can take the bottle. And then you bring the bottle back and then you get your deposit. And there are these trucks that deliver the drinks in bulk to the vendors that sell them. So when they come, they take the empty bottles in crates and then they give you the drinks, the filled one, you know, in crates as well. Else you would have to pay for any bottle that is missing in the crate. So people kind of, <laughs> yeah, so th there was some value to the bottle. Yeah, so that's quite interesting too. And, and that brings me to the question, right? Like the idea of convenience is quite hurtful <laughs> <laughs> because it's easy to toss yeah. the, the bottle in a trash can and just go on with yeah. your life. You don't have to clean it. And the glass bottle, you can break it. Yeah, you can break it. Uh, it's dangerous. Yeah. So-called dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we're just, I don't know. I think we've had this conversation one time, the tragedy of convenience. Is it the tragedy of convenience? Yes. Actually, it's an article. It's, a, it's one of the first article in the Almanac. It's one of the first one. Oh, wow. That's yeah. interesting. Right. Because things that are easy, especially with packaging, are, are very hurtful to, to the ecosystem. And going the extra mile to take your own bottle like me yeah. or buying it in a glass bottle and then returning it to the vendors would actually, you know, go a long way if we can develop a culture like that. Yeah, well, but I think it's not only a problem of culture because uh, where I live in France, it's not a problem of culture because this culture has disappeared, but also the industry mm. of the recycling glass bowl has disappeared. And yeah. um, we get our drinks mostly from supermarket and supermarket do not want to be bothered with that. They mm. only sell plastic bottles. Yeah. I mean, drinks in plastic bottles. And so it's not that I don't want to do it. It's even if I wanted to do it, I cannot do it. Mm. I mean, I don't drink sodas anyway. So, yeah. but still, you know, a lot of people drink sodas, and there's no other choices except then yeah. buying from in plastic bottles. Mm. So it's not a question of. I mean, it's it's convenient, but it's not a cultural thing. It's the yeah. industry that needs to be changed that has shifted. It's a no choice situation because there's nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, that's important. And that brings me to like the choice of packaging. I think um, <laughs> The Daily Difference wrote an article about that today, if I'm not mistaken, mm. here today. And it was about a company that started to um, package, really interesting article. I don't know if I can find it here anyway, but uh, they started to package with wax. I think it's wax. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw the mail, but I didn't read it. Yet. Yeah. They started to package with wax. And that was kind of like interesting. And it says, yeah, wrapped in wax. Like plastic and glass are not the only packaging option. And the company is E.T. And they package their liquid soap for dishes and hands in wax pods. And it's shipped in the lightest weight. And they, they have like, you know, similar 
eco-friendly packaging options that they use. Yeah, there, there actually has to be a shift in the industry, like you said. It's just going to come up as, I don't know, it's going to be weird, like returning to, and I agree to the fact that it's going to look like we're going like back in time when we return to like drinking soda and drinks and, you know, a lot of all those things from glass bottles. But, you know, the idea of refill really works. I feel like people would cherish the plastic bottles more if all you had to do is pay a bit and then refill your bottle. Wow, you mean refill plastic bottles? Yeah, refill the plastic bottles. I mean, so let's assume you don't you can't buy Coke from the fridge. You just buy Coke from the refill. And I'm not saying I know this is like this doesn't maybe not work for everything or every I mean, I'm just thinking off my head here. And things like soap as well. I know it's a longer conversation. Yeah. Then again, you know, when I was a child, we didn't have the plastic thing. We used to use the, the solid soap and, mm. uh, you know, and uh, the plastic soap um, thing. Like, yeah, it the was liquid only soap. When we, the liquid soap is, was only for holidays, like when we go away <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the soap, like the solid soap couldn't, was messy. So, yeah. and now I don't know for you, but here most people use the liquid soap in small bottles. And I think this is crazy. That's what happens here as well. Seth Godin gave an interesting analogy in an article sometime back, I don't know, this probably a month ago. It was a design problem. But, you know, it's also like design, right? Like, you know, how do we design our lives, not just for convenience, but for eco-friendliness, if that makes any sense, right? Like, how do we build roads because we know that people are going to charge their cars, you know, in a way, how do we build planes in a way, how do we design them in a way that they will be very fuel efficient or they will use alternative source of energy, right? Like how do we make these things, right? Like how do we design these things in a way that we put the climate into consideration at the design phase of things? Yeah, I think it's not only the, the design of things, but I think that if we really want to create change. And we talked a lot about uh, changing a system, but if we really want to change a system, we need to have system design thinking approach. Mm. Like, I don't know if you are familiar with the concept of design thinking, yeah. right? Yeah. When you use the, uh, the approach of design thinking, you're focusing on the user. Mm. Then you have context design where you, um, you focus is the context and then you have systems design. Mm. So you're not only focusing on the user. I mean, focusing on the user is part of it. But when you design your object or whatever part of the ecosystem you're designing, yeah. you think of the different the interaction mm. with the different parts mm. of the ecosystem. And this is the uh, systems design approach yeah. that you were mentioning. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it's important. It's necessary to kind of integrate that system design thinking process into things and, and how we're thinking about it, just like you said. Because if we don't, then just the way you said, like the many buckets of like the ecosystem, the user, the environment it's going to interact with, the way the product plays out now, the way it might play out in the next five years, depending on the lifespan of it, you know, and taking all those things into consideration become very useful and help us to design better things. Yeah, because everything is connected. The object doesn't exist by itself. Yeah. The service doesn't exist by itself. Mm. Everything is connected. Mm. So I think that, you know, what we need to do is to think of the value we want to put into the object and then mm. think a little bit bigger and mm. then think of the, uh, how this object or this service will exist in the system, in, in the, the, ecosystem, in the yeah. ecosystem, mm -hmm. in the space, and then start from there yeah. and think of 
all the you know, relationship between this yeah. object or this service with the other members of the ecosystem. So all, all the functions of the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting <laughs> yeah, m makes total yeah. sense, right? Like because there's definitely an interconnection between all the systems right there. Um, and, and that's very important. I wish industries, I wish like people that, that make things, people that create will take this into consideration because if they start taking this into consideration, if we start taking this into consideration, then we would be better off. Yeah, well, but I think that, that they think in terms of systems, but what I'm questioning is the value that they put in the system. You know, they, mm -hmm. they use to, to build a system they are in. Mm. So maybe the value is to maximize the uh, the financial return. Yeah, it makes total sense. It's it's uh it's like what do they care about the most, and that's what they build around. So if they care about the financial returns, that's what they are going to build around the most, and that's what they are optimizing for. So um, a lot of times they're optimizing for money. I don't I don't know what else they optimize for. Um, and then they sometimes they optimize for maybe the user experience and stuff. But it's also important to optimize for the environment. But what makes me hopeful is that they have no choice. I mean, we have no choice because mm. if we keep on going the way we're going, well. We're heading down and crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so it would be very and boom. <laughs> yeah, it would be very difficult for the industries to to thrive. So yeah, so I think that makes me hopeful. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't take care of the ecosystem, you wouldn't have an ecosystem. So <laughs> to exist in, yeah, I'm hopeful as well. I would say I'm a bit worried though, but I'm hopeful too. Uh yeah, I I think the takeaway for me here would be consider what you buy and better ways to buy it, even though. You know, if you want a thing, you can always find better ways to get it in a way that it has less negative impact on the ecosystem. There are certain things I don't buy, not because I don't like them, but because they're hurtful to the ecosystem. I just find other options that are better for the ecosystem. And it's kind of boring, you know. I get to the to the counter sometimes mm. and the lady looks at me, she's like this guy again. <laughs> And sometimes I, I pick all my stuff in my hands because they are going to give yeah. me a plastic bag and I take it straight to the car the way I, I bought them. And you're like, this dude is just a weird guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's kind of boring, you know. P people don't find a lot of fun. It's, <laughs> it's quite inconvenient as well, but it's helpful and it's required right now at the stage that we're in. I think this is also a note to people that make things, you know, to, to find better ways to package stuff and more eco-friendly ways to make things. Because if we don't take care of the ecosystem, there will be no ecosystem. <laughs> <laughs> and there will be no planet for us to live on. Yeah, straight to Mars, we'll, we'll all become Elon Musk's friend. <laughs> yeah, but it's very far, and yeah. <laughs> you don't. And want I get to go a little bit Mars. of motion sickness, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so we better take care of the Earth. Mm. Okay, thank you for this conversation. Thank you too. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org slash podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. 
This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network. For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of the Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.